six years ago, Inside Music Cast discovered an incredible band out of Minneapolis called Terramara. When we heard their music, we just knew we needed to invite the band's frontman, Rob Meany, to be a guest on our show. Since that interview, Rob has focused his efforts on writing songs for a brand new album, but not for Terramara. This time, Rob has created a debut solo album titled Ferris Wheels Unbound, which he released on May 1st and contains 12 new tracks that explore Rob's singer-songwriter approach, as well as some tracks reminiscent of Terramara. Inside Music Cast is pleased to welcome Rob Meany. Hey Rob, welcome back to the show. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, wonderful. You know, it, it is good to have you back. You know, in fact, it's been uh, six years. I can't believe it, Rick. That uh, it's unbelievable. We've uh, <laughs> we've chatted with, uh, with with you, Rob. It was the last time when uh, we were talking about Dust of Fiction, and that's been that's a little right. while. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But uh, but since then, you've we've been able to connect. In fact, uh, in the recent months, I was while I was visiting in Minneapolis on on some work, I was able to have uh, dinner with you to catch up, and it was a, a really nice time. So I enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for looking me up. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a long road to do the record, but I'm glad I finally got it done. Yeah, yeah. You've been busy uh, creating a lot of demos, and over the past six months, uh, I know that a lot of our listeners and uh, you've been posting some uh, neat demos. And as you finalize the new project, so. Uh, um, but anyway, we congratulate you the, on on this uh, on the finishing of Ferris Wheels Unbound. So, congrats. Yeah, Thank it's such a, such a beautiful project. We're yeah. going to talk more about that in a second. But, um, but first, we've got a couple questions that are um, sort of uh, Terra Mar related. And, and, you know, actually, before we start that, you know, we just had Steve Percaro mm-hmm. on the show. And, you know, he's obviously from Toto, and he's, he's been a guest on our show a couple of times. But, and after such a long career, you know, that he's had with being in a band and working with other people's music, you know, he recently released his debut solo album and your situation is somewhat similar in that you know you've been a musician uh, for most of your adult life but your musical efforts have focused on you know your band Terramara and gigging you know with other musicians and has a solo album always been on your radar or is this something that you know you only recently wanted to pursue yeah you know I think it has been on my radar for a long time you know you're when you start off in a band a lot of times uh, I know, at least for me, you're looking, you know, you're not quite ready maybe for prime time or you're not ready to, like, be the be the one guy, you know. Sure. So it's it's like safety in numbers, kind of like, hey, let's, let's get a group together. We'll pool our resources and our talents and we'll try to get out there. And that way it's a little less pressure on you as an individual. And, you know, I just think I've had an evolution in terms of my confidence level in, in being able to, to, you know, put out my own voice and, yeah. and kind of do everything myself in a way. All right. And so that's kind of where I think in the back of my mind I always thought, well, you know, if I if I got good enough or if I got enough confidence, maybe I could just do it myself, you know. And uh, right. I think I reached that point a few years ago. And, you know, it's funny because, Rick, you brought up Steve Procaro, and that's a lot what he said, too. Yeah. That it's taken him all these years to get the courage of, of even being a vocalist on his own, al- own, own album, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, he he didn't really sing too much, but, uh, yeah. you know, but that's he's got seven tracks on this uh, new album where wow. he sings quite a bit. So, anyway, we've already had that interview. We've already interviewed Steve, so we're yeah. not going to focus too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is about Rob Meany. No doubt. <laughs> but, you know, we're actually, um, we mentioned Terramara a second ago. Um, give me an update on Terramara. I mean, is there any news to report with the band? Any new uh, projects in the works? Well, I think uh, I think there's always kind of the understanding that, you know, this is sort of an ongoing project. I, I've always said that to the guys. It's like, you know, I'm taking a little pit stop here. We're going to do a solo record. 
But I really, I really like working with those guys. And, you know, we recently did a few gigs and yeah. it just felt, it still felt great. It felt mm-hmm. like, you know, these guys have a lot to offer and we can all um, play off each other. And um, so there's certainly the prospect of a new record. I can't say when that would happen, but definitely would like to play with those guys more and, and, and certainly record with them. And I, I have plenty of other tracks in the works. You know, I'm constantly trying to replenish, you know, the supply and, and uh, put down ideas. So um, if I can get more time with those guys, the faster it'll happen. But it's just, uh, it's always a kind of a struggle yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Everybody's got everybody's so busy. I mean, these yeah. are these are talented musicians, and they have other projects, and uh, sure. you know, they got to make a living too. So sure. Hey, we've got a um, a listener and a past Inside Music Cast correspondent uh, from Germany. His name is Uwe Reif. You might know Uwe, and yes. uh, you know, he he had a quick question here regarding, I guess, both you and Terramara. And he he said, in which parts of the world outside of uh, the United States uh, are, are your fans, or uh, yours or Terramara's? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I don't have like a, a scientific. I don't have a lot of scientific evidence sure. on that, but just like. Anecdotally, it just seems like we are well received in Europe, Western Europe, and um, particularly, it seems like we do have. Uh, he's from Germany, and I, I, yeah. I know we have a few fans in Germany mm-hmm. and England and France. Um, I guess those in particular, maybe the Scandinavian countries. But uh, I don't know what it is, and I know we've talked about this before, but I think there's um, a real, um, you know, like Kodo's big over there, too. I mean, it's just yeah, sort of, I yeah. think it's sort of a haven for progressive mm-hmm. rock, man, in some ways. It's like yeah. uh, a lot of fans there, and I think that we would fit into that, you know, I think we spark the same interest uh, among those folks over there. So that that's why I'd say our second, you know, our second home might be somewhere right. in Western Europe. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, we hope that that's only going to grow with uh, with the release of your new album, which is called Ferris Wheels Unbound. I love the title, by the way, even the fo- the photograph that you've been uh, showing. Um, I love Ferris Wheels. Um, but uh, you know, when, when I hear Ferris Wheels Unbound, you know what I think about, Rob? What's that? I think about that that scene in the movie 1941 where the Japanese attack the the, <laughs> the coast in, of California and they hit the Ferris wheel and it goes rolling down the <laughs> the dock into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> didn't do that. Oh, really? Wow. That, and <laughs> that, that is does exactly, not... uh, in some ways, uh, uh, that would be a good metaphor there, yeah. Like it's actually just completely off the rails, you know. Yeah. Uh, there, Rob, there's, uh, there's a song in there somewhere. There's a song in there somewhere. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, seriously, over the past few months, you've been working in, and actually posting works in progress, um, such yes. as such as the first track of the album, which is called Afterlife, which yeah. it's it's an amazing track. Yep. Um, you even posted a wonderful video online that showed you playing it uh, in a small uh, session or in a studio. Um, where was that recorded when you posted uh, that? That one solo video. Oh, I'm trying to think of uh, which video that is, but yeah, um, yeah, it might have been a live gig. It was. Um, it was okay. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm guessing maybe at one of these uh, wineries. I sometimes play at wineries. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I'm off the top of my head. I can't recall, but um, that was the one thing I was going to mention. Is that this 
this really started off I, with that approach. I think uh, you caught the part about the demos. I've been sort of crowdsourcing. I don't know what, like mm-hmm. just sort of sending out demos online. Yeah. Just because I can do it, right? And so I just uh, want to see what people's reactions are to songs. And right. uh, and I got a lot of good feedback that way. And I just like sent out a new demo like every two weeks for, I think I sent out like 15 or 16 songs. Yeah. And then yeah. I felt like certain ones were getting more of a reaction, and and then other ones maybe there were some good there was some good criticism there, and it got people interested in the project, mm-hmm, you know. And then mm-hmm. when it finally comes out, you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, what did he do with that song? How did he, you know, end up producing it?" And so uh, right. that whole experience, I, I think it was overall a good thing. It just felt like I kept the momentum. Yep. going that way. I, t- I totally agree with that. You know, from the first time we heard it, you know, Afterlife, you know, it still remains sort of really, uh, how should I say, rhythmic. I mean, it's a beautiful melody. It's a melody-filled track that we've enjoyed. Um, but you took it to a different place with, by adding a, a full band. I think the piano still remains the foundation, you know, you know, even though you've added a fretless bass, which is very classy, rhythmic guitar and your vocals, um, and even the cello solo, which is on your acoustic, your your early demo tracks. Um, talk to us about yeah. the challenges of deciding how much to embellish and to wrap around uh, and how to grow this track, you know? Yeah, it's um, that's always the tricky part. It's like you don't want to add too much, mm-hmm. and I think it, in some ways this record is a lot more stark and simple than a Terramara record. But in other ways, I did. I mean, there's some tracks that are insanely uh, orchestrated. So you have those two extremes. But overall, I think I just tried to keep it somewhat simple and keep the, keep the song first, keep the vocals out front. Everything had to serve the vocals and the song. Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe not quite as many uh, you know solos and things, but um, yeah, it's more of a singer songwriter type of record. Yeah, right. So yeah. Well, you just mentioned you kind of uh, kind of cross referenced you know what you're doing here on your solo work with what you you know how you might approach something as, as Terramara. So I guess tell us what defines your music as as a Terramara project, or now that you've done this debut solo project, a Rob Meany project. I mean, do you use I think you use some of the the same band members for both, but walk us through the, the, sort of the ideology yeah. behind those those two different uh, frontiers. Well, that's a really good question because you know in, 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 when you get right down to it, I mean, Terramar is kind of my project too, in a yeah, way. Right, right, right. I sort of started it, and I recruited people that I thought would work with what I'm doing. Yeah. So, I mean, you you could say, well, there's maybe there's a there's no distinction there in some ways, although. I think when I look at the body of work that we've put out with Terramara, it, yeah. it's definitely, um, it falls into a certain area um, which, you know, you could call maybe maybe kind of a progressive rock or sure. a jazz rock or something like yep. that, where um, I like to utilize some of the, you know, uh, some of the sort of a rock quartet kind of quality with, you know, some funky mm-hmm. grooves and some jazz riffs and things and try to mix it up that way. Whereas, I don't know, with the with the solo stuff, 
I was kind of coming at it from a, a singer-songwriter perspective, like, you know, uh, maybe maybe some of my other influences were coming through on those tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, you know, maybe when I grew up listening to, you know, a lot of the... Uh, you know the golden day of the singer songwriters back in the seventies with the uh, you know James Taylor and all those folks. Right. So you know, in some ways, it's about the production, definitely. Right. You know, but in other ways, it's just it's really all me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all right, right. It's all coming from the same place uh, mm-hmm. musically uh, or you know song wise, but. Uh, but it, I will say after hearing the. The Ferris Wheels Unbound, you know, obviously we, we hear that, we hear you, we hear, you know, what you've done. There, there are some similarities, but it does have, this album does have a different identity to it. It does. Yeah, and I, I think I made a conscious decision with some of these tracks not to, or some of these songs not to release them until now because yeah. Yeah. I set them aside. I said, you know what, this could work as Terramara, but you know, yeah. mm-hmm. it feels like it wants to go in this other direction, and I wanted mm-hmm. to treat it differently and maybe use some different instruments. That's why I kind of got with my producer um, and just said, hey, what, you know, maybe we should just have strings on this. And, yeah, or, that's... You know, that, in some ways, he was kind of, he was kind of helping me just make those issues, decisions and, and, and really narrow it down. It's like, well, why don't we just have these two instruments or, you yeah. know, Let's really keep it simple, and and then, you know, he he puts a little bit of an art pop sheen on it because he's such a a wonderful producer of like uh, I don't know what it is, I don't know what you call it like a Beatles kind of a yeah a texturing that sure. he does yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's interesting. This this album is definitely what I would consider. I agree with Rick. It's definitely different. Um, I think I would consider it more intimate. If that's a word to yeah. to describe yeah. this project, it's a, it's a lot more intimate. And by saying yeah. that, it also feels I, I, I feel a lot of of your of your personal uh, sort of sensibilities coming out of it, like more mm-hmm. of your soul. You know, right. it's very very personal in, in some of the songs, like Lonely Boy, for example. I know we'll get yeah. to that in just a little bit. That's an amazing track. We just want to spend some time talking about that. You know, Ferris Wheel Unbound is uh, it, it's so saturated with such so many great tracks, but one that really stands out to me in. Uh, and, and it is the constantly driving, uh, and the name of the track is called The View. It's the third track on the album, and we hear something that, uh, that normally isn't a staple of your music, horns. Uh, but you use the, the horns in such a killer manner that it's, uh, it's really amazing from the, from the shorts, the gato tabs from the very beginning, then they, uh, the blending of the, of an amazing snare and the roads are whirly. I think it's a roads that you're using. Yeah. Um, yeah, good, right. good, good track. Very solid. Yeah, Talk to us about thank the Thank you view. very much. Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, that one is, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I didn't have a lot of horns on this record. Uh, the last, the Terramara record before this didn't have any horns. That right, was going right. to be more guitar oriented so we made a decision on that the one uh, some of the other Terramar records we've had some horns yeah, yeah. I like the horns I mean and uh, so we I used it sparingly on this record but that one always struck me as maybe a little more in the Terramar vein if any of the songs mm-hmm. on the record you right. say you know this could be a Terramar track and I gotta give props to Jim Hahn my uh, horn uh he he did a horn arrangement for this. I just let him run wild and said, "Hey, just doesn't matter how crazy it is. I'm sure I'll love it." 
and he just uh, he came up with a, a killer arrangement that totally worked. It did. It totally made yeah. And uh, yeah, and I was uh, and I was not afraid to let him get really out there. I said, just go go wild, you know, because a, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, some of these arrangers feel kind of boxed in by. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't get too crazy because it's going to get in the <laughs> way of the song. But um, I felt like that could, that song was was wide open for this. You yeah. Know? Well, it's a lot about trust, too. I mean, you got to trust somebody um, arranging <laughs> your your track, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really is. Uh, in fact, well, you know, this track is a great one to sort of break down the band and, and uh, talk about the musical support that you had on the project. So walk us through the guys that uh, were involved in this in this project. Well, here, here's the interesting thing, and I don't know if uh, maybe Steve uh, talked about this too, but it's like when you when you say solo album, right. like, <laughs> it, it ends up being more people than you use when you're in your band. You know, it's probably just, uh, yeah. it's kind of ironic in a way. It's like so, yeah. There was there was probably more people involved in this record than any Terramar record, and that's just because you know I I decided to just use different people on every track in some ways. Um, so, but there's a basic um, group of people, and one of them was my producer, Andy Thompson, who's, um, who's done uh, a, lot, a lot of local records around here. I think we're going to hear a lot from him because he's amazing. Um, he produced a couple records for Jerry, Jeremy Messersmith, who's kind of an up-and-coming singer-songwriter out of Minneapolis. Um, but... He, uh, I came to him with all these demos, you know, and then he just sort of said, uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll play drums on this one, and I'll play bass on this, and I'll do <laughs> guitar. He's one of those guys. He's just it's it's just sick. I mean, he can play every <laughs> instrument, and he he really shaped a lot of these tracks. Some of them, in fact, I think like Quiet Desire. He pretty much played every. Really? Like all the parts except I, you know, I did the keyboards and the and the vocals and mm-hmm. and uh, some of the guitars, you know. Wow. And so he was all over that track, and uh, and then uh, you know, I I would say he's the main. He was like the main player on a lot of tracks. And then I brought in the the Termar guys for uh, I think about two or three tracks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had a string quartet for about four tracks. Right. Beyond that, there were just a few session players, um, just people that my producer knew that were really top-notch and um, just killed it. So Yeah, really. Hey, Rob, Eddie, uh, let's take a break and uh, let's play this track uh, called The View. And this is from our guest today, Rob Meany, from his brand-new album, Ferris Wheels Unbound, on Inside Music Cast.
The title track is, of course, Ferris Wheels Unbound, and it's, it's so beautiful uh, lyrically. And, uh, of course, you know, Eddie and I we, and everybody at Inside Music Cast, we've come to know that, you know, lyrics are, are a really strong suit of yours. And, and uh, you know, we, we've heard this track when you've performed it live only on a piano, and it's so lovely. But, you know, you bake this a little more with, with more musical support after the first verse ends. And how was this concept of Ferris Wheels, uh, you know, as a metaphor for the ups and downs of, of love, how, was it, how did you create that? Or where did it come from? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um... You know, a lot of these songs are like there's a little bit of there's a little bit of truth, there's a little bit of biography in there. Okay. Autobiography, I mm-hmm. should say. I wondered uh, about that. Yeah, it, well, you know, it's it's always in the back of your mind you have a little something that yeah, maybe happened to you. And then you you create something out of that, but that's not exactly you kind of embellish that idea without drawing on everything you've done it's sort of you sort of it's a trajectory you know and then you imagine scenarios where you know you know this person left you and maybe they moved out to the west coast or something or Mm -hmm. you know and and after that it just becomes a fictional thing but the feelings are true you know and so you you draw on some personal experience but you're creating a story you know, and, and the Ferris wheel thing, it, um, it's just, you know, life is unpredictable, um, ups and downs, um, things happen that you couldn't plan on, you're hoping you're not hurting people, you're, you know, maybe you're upset that somebody hurt you, I don't know, it just, there's yeah. so much in that song, uh, <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know if it, it's even just one relationship in some ways, it's more... Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's really easy for anyone to relate to these these tracks because you, although they're sort of autobiographical, you know, in a certain point, you leave enough open to let somebody insert their feelings and to, you know, sort of adapt and wrap themselves around it. You know, this song, Ferris Wheels Unbound, it's, uh, it, it is, you know, like, like Rick was alluding, it's uh, without... <laughs> over complimenting, but it's like a lyrical masterpiece. It has so many qualities. You know, I get a feeling from uh, listening to this track specifically to uh, when you, you know, the good old days of listening to classic Billy Joel uh, track all along when he's at the piano. Get the same feeling from this track, and and that's that's what I like about this project that, that makes it so special. Uh, it's easy on the ears, so it's uh, it lets the qual- the quality really comes through. So great job in the lyrics. Well, well thanks, Eddie. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, and I think uh, maybe. Maybe it's the treatment of the songs allows people to hear more of the lyrics in some ways, because I don't know when you when you're in a rock band, sometimes the lyrics get a little lost in the in the mix, you know. Yeah. But uh, but here everything is out front, and 
it's always a little scary when you're uh, mixing the record. Uh, the, your producer's like putting that vocal right out front, you know, and you're like, oh my God, that's really naked. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, everybody hears exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So I exactly. guess it works out. You know, the track, uh, track five, which is called uh, Never Say Goodbye. Well, first of all, I'm, you know, I have to say that I grew up, uh, you know, in fourth grade, I started playing violin all the way through high school when I was a senior. So for some reason, on all tracks, that have violin, I can really appreciate what's happening because I can sort of, in my mind, see the fingering and that type of stuff. But, um, you know, this track, Never Say Goodbye, Uh, are you a string player? Uh, Just, no, not really, but I just, from what I've learned... over the years, yeah. Well, this track in particular, it weaves the really versatile sounds of uh, of of a, of a string ensemble section. And what I mean by that is, I, I can't recall uh, an intro that starts rhythmic violin pizzicato. First of all, <laughs> and then this track, uh, it it's it really sounds like nothing else. I love that. Um, it's simple, uh, and then uh, of course, uh, just the the arrangement of the strings gets. Layering, layering, maybe it gets thicker and thicker. Tell us about the string arrangement Thank on you. this. Yeah, you know? thanks for mentioning that, by the way, because I really put a lot of work into uh, the string arrangements on this record. Mm-hmm. I did all the, you know, I did all the arrangements myself, and then okay. I had a little help uh, making sure the charts were correct. Right. But I spent a lot of time on that, so I'm, I'm glad that, that uh, you know, it's noticed once in a while. The uh, the interesting really the interesting thing about that track is, you know, how how songs evolve in the studio. I mean, I came to him with a piano. I probably put this demo on um, out at some point. It's just piano vocal. By the time we got done with that that recording, there was no piano in there. I mean, it's completely gone. So y- you can see how these <laughs> yeah. things evolve. You know, yeah. and, uh, suddenly we're down to strings and vocals at the beginning. I mean, it's, it's amazing, so yeah. stark, you know, and then he throws in, my producer is very conscious of not getting too cluttered, so just a few little hints here and there, and then just let the strings take it. Yeah, this is a perfect example of less is more, you know. Well, you, you mentioned a second ago that you're glad that, you know, um, that Eddie was mentioning the, the layering of the strings and that, you know, we were, were taking, you know, taking note of that, but, but you know, if you if you took the strings out of this project, I think it'd be very empty. I mean, they, oh, this, yeah. the strings really make this record and make you know the songs what they are. It's it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I thank you. Yeah, I had I had mentioned I was going to ask you who who uh, if you arranged it. Had, had you ever arranged uh, strings before? I you know outside of uh, doing you know uh, not not to this extent. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've done I've done some commercials right uh, here and there, uh, commercial projects and. I've done, um, you know, other, I guess, other instruments where I'm trying, like vocals, like vocals are a good right. example of yeah. arranging a group vocal, mm-hmm. making everything sound cool together. But, yeah, and this is, again, it's like I, uh, I, I sort of had to double check on the ranges and <laughs> how high can this one go and yeah. is this going to work here. You know, so Andy, uh, again, producer, uber producer, because that guy used to play violin too so he's mm. like he knows exactly how to um make things um you know arrange things properly and um yeah it 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 was uh it was a learning process for me and i you know it turned out pretty good i mean i i'm kind of thinking boy you know 
there's so much more you can do there. I mean, there's so many. I, I, I look forward to maybe you doing that again at some point. It's just something. Yeah. It's just fun to uh, get them involved. Yeah. Well, another track on the album is one called "Silly Game," and it's a, a track that uses you know an upright bass, a piano, a guitar, and drums, and you know, it kind of a. In, in some ways, I guess that you can say it sounds a little simple, but but was it? I mean, and, and the drum drum track is is. Uh, it's very jazzy, you yeah. know. Did the, mm-hmm. did the drum yeah. rhythm begin that way from the start, or did you, did you step it up during the production? Well, on that track, and that's another thing about this record, it's like I have several tracks that I'm just like, this This song is a straight-up jazz tune, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And so I, I immediately set it aside and said, you know, I'm just going to do this as kind of like a jazz combo. Okay. So that's why I got the, you know, I brought in the jazz drummer. Right. And uh, the upright bass player, and uh, and we just cut it, um, you know, as a very simple trio. Yep. And then, um, you know, I wanted that energy. I wanted that. It's sort of a fast, a fast six eight, um, kind of swinging jazz thing. So that's kind of the instructions I had for the players. It's just like, just make it. You know, give me some big fills and some some jazzy uh, vibe, you know, all the way through with some walking bass yeah. here and there. Yeah, yeah, um, right. And, and that's what you end up with, and then I think we added a little guitar uh, here and there right. to kind of accent, but, uh, but that's kind of what I was going for there. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that, you know, we love about your work, and that, that last example or, 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 you know, the, your last explanation of, of that, you know, taking it in a jazz route is kind of an example of this comment is that you take your compositions in so many directions in this production, right. on, you know, on this album. And they, it, I'm just curious, is that difficult for you? I mean, as you write, do you hear the, the finished product in your head or do you, you just get there slowly? Well, I, I, think, I think it evolves as you're recording it. And that's yeah, yeah. where there's almost like a, subtra- a subtractive element that happens later on. Okay. So, like, you'll be, you'll throw that, you know, the way we, I usually work is it's, you know, I'll record the, I'll record the uh, piano or guitar um, with the vocal, and we'll get it to the point where it's, the structure is complete. Put it all down, get the right tempo. And then you start adding things, and then you start, uh, you, at some point you're like, okay, there's just too much going on, or I don't like how these instruments fit together. I'm going to take out this, you know, I'm going to take out that. Um, and you can see what happens. Sometimes you end up just with strings or, or you know, just a few instruments, particularly on those jazz tunes. Yeah. It got full really fast. I mean, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> really, yeah. if it's really fast, you know, jazz, there's just a lot of notes. Right, sure. So yeah. you can't really insert anything more in there. <laughs> um, maybe on the view, too, it's like, like without the horns, it would sound really empty, and that's because we took everything else out and said, okay, let the horns go nuts, you know. Okay. Make that the feature of the song. Um, but there are songs where you're definitely like from the get-go, hey, this is going to be a very simple ballad. Let's not put too much in there. Like like that little lullaby at the end, you know, it's just like it doesn't really need a lot of uh, embellishment. Right. 
Well, if you guys don't mind, uh, let's take another break and let's listen to some more music. Uh, let's, let's check out the track Silly Game from our guest today, Rob Meany, and his new album, Ferris Wheels Unbound, on Inside Music Cast. No 
to kind of get technical for a little bit here and, and uh, talk about the recording itself and, you know, you know, questions like, you know, where did you record? You know, uh, did you record everything in the same area, you know, piano vocals? And, and, and regarding your vocals, do you have a, a go-to mic that you favor to, to capture your voice? Oh, that's a great question, yeah. Um, so on this record, because, because it was so uh, fragmented, you know, I had to uh, record different tracks uh like at four or five six different studios okay um, wow and and but the good thing is i i've reached a point now where my home studio is pretty functional yeah i can record i think almost all the vocal tracks at home okay cool so i did all those right here and, and i did a lot of the uh piano too and, okay uh, just mic'd up my piano and and i've got it a you know, I can do my acoustic guitars here. And then my producer also has a home studio, so we do stuff at his place. Okay. We had to rent studio time for the strings, and if you want to do any sort of drums, or, uh, like an ensemble, sure. um, we'd go in and cut drums separately. Uh, but as far as the vocal mic, I, sh- I should say um, Mojave. Okay. It's um, yep. MA2, is that right? I, I don't know if that's a famous one, but I was testing out a few mics with this other studio guy, and yeah. he, he said that one sounded the best for me, so he let me take it home for a while. Interesting. <laughs> was it, a, was it, it an MA200? Yeah, actually, it's an MA200. Okay, all right. Yes. Okay, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Those, those are sweet mics, yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I'm curious to, to know... Uh, what people have been using because that one that one turned out pretty good. I do have another go-to mic in my studio. I don't have a lot of mics, but this one's an uh, Audio Technica. It's a forty fifty. Oh, okay, yeah, the forty fifty. Yeah, yeah. I do run things into a compressor tube. Comp- yeah. Uh, preamp. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's an LA six ten. Oh, those are nice. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just get nice some nice warm. Uh, tube uh, preamp and compressor. Well, I mean, the, the album sounds great in terms of the production and, and the fact that, you know, I'm always surprised sometimes, that, you know, you, you know, the, the, this really boiled down to, to your mix because I'll say that, you know, even though you cut all this stuff at different places, it sounds pretty cohesive, you it know, does. from track to track. Uh, your mix and your mastering, I think, were great because uh, I don't think I'd be able to tell that, you know, just from listening that it was cut in different places. But well, it sounds like you had some, you had some yeah. consistency with your you know your mics and your mic choices and where you recorded all your vocals. It sounds like that was consistent, so that it helps. Yeah, yeah, that certainly that would be a, yeah. a big part of it. Yeah, just the the vocals all kind of sound consistent. Yeah, yeah. The the producer really shaped the sound. I got to give him. I can't give him enough credit for that. It's like he shaped the ultimate sound that's the the mix is so important i'm realizing now it's like it's all about the mix yeah, if you can right. get somebody who's really good at mixing yeah they can take things that are sort of not quite there and they can make them shine without uh too much surgery you know but i think he i think that's why i kind of came and just said you know i'm gonna have you do all the mixing because i i think uh it's good to have that consistency across the whole record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, while we're talking about the, the, the piano, 
um, let me uh, pry a little bit. So you have an acoustic piano in your in your home, uh, or yeah. are you using a? Uh, yeah, okay. Can I ask what what are you playing? What what kind of a piano? Yamaha, Kawai, yeah, Stanley? Yeah, uh, it's a Kawai. Okay. Um, uh, Baby Grand. Mm-hmm. My that's my latest edition. Um, I've forever been playing this kind of a crappy um, off brand. <laughs> Uh, grand that was an heirloom. Yeah. I love it to death, but it just and I used it on the recording. It's actually it has that sort of slightly out of tune bar piano kind of sound that gotcha. for some reason my my uh, producer is very fond of some of these really um, authentic sounding uh, instruments. Yeah, that you might just sort of put aside and say, well, that's not good enough to use on this, but he'll. Say no, that's it's got a nice qual. It's got a character, you know. And let's let's throw that in and just simple passages too, like uh, you know, like on um, Fears of a Nation. Um, yeah. That old piano is all over that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, it's, and you're like, well, it sounds pretty cool when you blend it in. You yeah. know, if it was just all that piano, you'd be like, oh my god, pull it out of there. But you know, because I'm kind of a piano guy, so I uh, did most of the piano on my. Kawaii, which is more in tune. And well, it's interesting you're saying that just because there's so many nuances. If uh, if a keyboard player is listening out there, I mean, a piano is not a piano. I mean, a Kawaii has a brighter sound and a Yamaha, and of course you get into, you know, I mean, everybody has their own sound that they prefer. So because uh, you, you actually have some different piano sounds throughout this whole project that are, some of you sound like a, like I say, a, like an upright, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and some don't. So it's, uh, I guess those yes. are the little details that you just have to say, say I like this better than that, right? Yes. Yeah. It definitely, it, it, that upright piano sound is very cool for like layering in a little extra line here and there. Yeah. But when you, when you're playing big chords and you're making like the basis of the song, you really need something more in tune and more, um, soothing to the ear. Um, so, I uh, I think I've used I used maybe three or four different pianos on this record. Wow, so that's interesting. I went to different studios and depending on what they have available. You you know what's pretty cool, and this is just a suggestion for later on because you know your music is um, you know it's. Uh, especially with the the piano, I mean, you, you may uh, <laughs> maybe it just interests me. I'm sort of a keyboard player, but. Um, you know, it, what interests me is to even know what kind of piano you actually used. <laughs> you may consider doing that on the, on the credits later on and say this was played on a piano or a, 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 a C7 or something like that or whatever. It's just because you can definitely tell, you know, the sounds once you identify right. the keyboard, you know. Yes, yes, you're right. I, I should do that because, uh, I mean, we, we think about it in terms of keyboards a lot of times. Like yeah. you'll identify, you know, exactly what keyboard model you used. You know, and a lot of people know. And can hear those distinctive uh, mm-hmm. sounds, especially you know those those uh, old analog instruments. Oh, I know, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. For even acoustic pianos, I mean, they all sound different. Like you right. said, I mean, yeah, you can tell right away sometimes. You know, you've mentioned your producer a few times, but I don't think you've said his name yet. It's Andy Thompson, oh, uh, right? Andy Thompson. Yeah, Andy Thompson, and uh, he's uh, definitely up and coming, and he's done a lot of records. Um, already, and uh, I think he's just a uh, real under the radar, you know, a hidden gem here in the cities. Yeah, yeah. Work. I expect big, 
big things for him. And I, I you know, we, we go way back. So, I mean, he really, did, he did me a favor in some ways to take it on. He's a super busy guy, but um, I, he felt like the right guy for this. You know, it just yeah. felt like he's more of a, a singer-songwriter producer in some ways. Yeah. But he he can do anything really. So uh, it sounds like uh, with that description, he sounds like he was a perfect fit for this album. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah he really was. It just I just listening to his discography, uh-huh. um, I just felt like yeah, he could give this the right treatment. You know, even the jazz stuff. Really, I mean, he's he's pretty good for just about everything. I haven't really yeah. t- heard him do a lot of heavy rock stuff, but yeah. He knows his way around the studio too. He would be really interesting in interviews sometimes. Oh yeah, <laughs> keep that in <laughs> mind. You want to get it. more into the, tech, the technical side? Yeah, and just uh, sound recording in general. Mm-hmm. That guy, um, man, he knows his stuff. Yeah, we've got just a few more questions, and we want to actually get back to uh, about three more tracks that uh, Eddie and I really appreciated on this album, and and one that completely grabbed me both musically and lyrically is and you probably know this because i posted something on facebook about it last night but it's it's lonely boy and uh you know this track literally for me anyway it tugs at your heartstrings i mean it's the string arrangement on this track is one of the most beautiful i've heard in quite some time and and the song it, it you know it goes beyond the art of a song it's it's more of a score Interesting. you know it's yeah. cinematic to a degree and, and the lyrics are you know they're solemn with a touch of despair and, and you know that longing for love and i i wondered where this came from i mean is is this autobiographical or and if not tell us about the inspiration yeah. um boy let's see um Trying to isolate sort of where that you know where where the real story starts and where it leads where the you know the fiction yeah. begins or you know the elaboration. <laughs> yeah. Um. I you know I feel like this one just sort of fell out of me. Like I didn't come up with a story ahead of time. It just sort of these were some, some feelings that came out of me and I yeah. sort of formed you know, a few phrases that sort of suggested themselves. And then you, you start to get a feel for what you're talking about. It's like, well, you know, I must be referring to this sort of situation. And um, I think it comes down to somebody who you can't be with the person that you really right. love. Like, maybe right. for some reason it didn't work out. But you hope that they can find someone like you, and you hope you can find someone like them or something like that. It's sort of sure. that. And uh, I'm not saying that that might have happened in my life personally, but it, right. I could see I could see a situation where, you know, that might be something that, that someone could feel. And, and that would be something, you know, maybe they'd feel that for their whole life, you know, right. a sense of regret. But maybe in the end, everybody will be happy at some point. Yeah. That never happened to me ever. Um, uh, but just a friend of mine's. Yeah, that's what it was. A friend of mine. Yeah. That's what it was. Never happened to me. It's, uh, I was writing about a friend of mine. Yeah, some other guy. You know, everything's been ha- a honky dory for me. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, so that was that was sort of the basis, and then it. it I I really like those songs where it kind of goes off in a different like musically. It's a little more complicated than just than your usual ballad, like it goes yeah. off and left, and it goes left when you think it's going to go right, or it adds a different music, it, it goes somewhere else musically, I guess, and and that's what I wanted to do there, is like, mm-hmm. 
make it more than just verse, chorus, verse, chorus kind of thing. I want it to be a little more, like you said, you know, cinematic or orchestrated. Yeah. And and the song actually has kind of a, uh, I guess you could say a false ending it, you know, and it, because it, you, just when you think it's about to end, then you come back in with, a, uh, I guess, another reprise of some sort, and then you finish yeah, the song out with the final lyric. One of those moments in the record where I allowed myself to indulge in mm-hmm. <laughs> just some, you know, some piano sure. stylings or, you know, just sort yeah. of expand on some some musical ideas that I had. Yeah, yep. To put in there, and that's the thing you can do. I mean, if it's a, you know, if it's your own record and you're not really concerned about being commercial or anything, I mean, that's when you can really stretch out right. and maybe try try something like this, where it's just sort of put it all out there, you know. Yep, yeah. it works nicely. Well, like I mentioned, uh, this this is really one of my favorite tracks in the album, and if you guys will indulge me, I'd, I'd really love to pause and play this track. This is the track "Lonely Boy." Off of the album Ferris Wheels Unbound from our guest today, Rob Meany on Inside Music Cast. Broke up, broke down, and you just wanna know why you've been left behind. Aimless, blameless, and circumstance is shameless in its disregard for you. You wonder what to do With tomorrow bleeding through And no more long goodbyes And no more of those endless summers You're at sea again And your heart is lost But I had this that you fell in love with a poor old lonely boy like me. A poor old lonely boy like me. Cold light streaming. Another day of dreaming that this can't be true Your future's shattered and all the sharp edge patterns seem to pierce the dark of your own And you wonder what to do with tomorrow bleeding through And no more long goodbyes And no more of those endless summers You're at sea again And your heart is lost But I had this dream That you fell in love With a poor old
Well, we've talked so much about the string section, and uh, you know, it's a group of guys who call themselves uh, the Laurels String Quartet. And tell us a little bit about them and, and how you brought them in for this project. Well, again, uh, these are folks around town here in Minneapolis who have a reputation, um, well, uh, for playing with rock bands, um, and they they're very professional. Wow. But that's their niche. Like Interesting. you'll see them show up and be booked with all the major artists in town um, when they want strings. Oh, they cool. usually are there. And uh, Andy, my producer, again, knew those guys. He'd used them before on other records. Really good in the studio. So just top-notch players, but ones that maybe have a, a little bit of a window into pop recording. Yeah. They're not yeah. just classical players. You know, they kind of... So they get it, yeah. ...have a, pre- uh, you know... They feel comfortable, I guess, playing mm-hmm. on uh, pop songs. Very cool. Well, they're they're certainly talented. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they did great. And um, I actually did a recording of the CD release show, and I'm I'm sort of shuffling through there to find oh, cool. a good. If 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 some of that turns out well, I'm going to try to post it online. You can see them in action. Oh they yeah, really well, cool. Brought a lot to the show too. So. Cool. That's neat. There's uh, one one track that stands out for me, and and I personally think that you know you almost have to be a northerner to appreciate this. Um, I don't think guys from uh, Southern California, sorry guys, um, or Texas or Florida can relate to "Cover the Snow." Um, you know, it's beautiful, man. I can personally relate to that because I was raised up here in the Midwest, and so I know what snow is. And and uh, yeah, everybody always thinks about uh, snowstorms, but there is something be- very beautiful, you know, about walking in the snow. And uh, and unless you've lived in the north, you don't know what it is to to hear how nice uh, the acoustics, how it all changes when it snows very quietly. Yeah. Yeah. The acoustics all change. There's that, you know, what the sound is when you're walking through it. And you're in Minneapolis, you know, so there's there's tons of this happening up there. Um, tell us about uh, this track a little bit, Cover the Snow. Yeah, uh, that's great. Those are great points. And that really, that really is what I was trying to do there was put together a song that sort of evoked that sonic yep. landscape that you have in the winter, which is sort of stark and uncompromising, but... It's very beautiful at the same time. It's very cold, but yet there's, I don't know, there's just sort of a sense of peacefulness mm-hmm. there. I totally agree with that. Yeah, and so, yeah, and I, and I, I sort of, that one, um, I think I, the storyline was just, you know, here's the northern guy yeah. um, <laughs> wants to, you know, get married or whatever, uh, have a relationship with this uh, woman. And she doesn't like it up there. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so she, she can't stand the cold, you know, so she ends up moving on. But, uh, so you can, I don't know if you can relate to that, but, uh, you know, so, um, so that it's sort of a tragic, I guess, in the end, but it's about letting go. And, and, uh, yeah, we try to keep it really simple yeah. and, and stark, uh, and uh, maybe a sense of silence in there in the music. Yeah, well, it, it definitely lives lives up. Uh, the music really lives up to the title and yeah. vice versa. Very nice. Well, this this is a really beautiful song, and, and uh, you know Eddie's earlier description it really fits the feel of, of this track, "Cover of Snow." And if you guys don't mind, let's go ahead and stop for a second and, and let's check it out. This again is "Cover of Snow" from our guest today, Rob Meany, and his brand new album, "Ferris Wheels Unbound," on Inside Music Cast. Quiet country town 
But it never comes easy And it seldom makes a sound I know we had summer And most of the fall To find out where we're going And if there's a future
the last track we want to talk about is me and Rick uh, have been talking about jumping the tracks, and that's that's another one that is sort of sort of continually driving. It's got this nice little uh, pace, and uh, but it still um, remains true to the title. You know, the pace mimics the the pace of a train on a track. Actually, if you listen closely to it, and and uh, while the verse and melody, you know, is just woven it's so interestingly through this this whole song and the rhythm track. Um, again, we already know that once uh, you know you start listening to this project, you can't stop listening. This is one of those those tracks that uh, that do it, and I believe this is one that you even threw in a slide slide guitar. Who did the honors on that? That was uh, my producer uh, Andy Thompson. Mm, so oh, cool. he uh, he actually um, did a lot of work on this track. Yeah, it was one of those ones where uh, I recorded it with a, a set of people. Um, you know, when I first started this project, I was thought oh, I'm going to be the producer and I'm going to do everything, <laughs> and so I got a bunch of guys together and we cut a few tracks initially. And I wasn't happy with how those turned out, and I brought them to Andy, and he took them and reshaped them, and that was one of the ones where he really reshaped it. I mean, it, to the point where, I don't know if you can hear, there's two different drum sets. There's two different drums. Really? And the first huh. one is that train beat, you know, like the yep. Johnny Cash one. Oh, <laughs> I see, yeah. Yep. You know, he has that going. And then he he had another set of drums, um, which has that kind of that rock backbeat um, pattern, and that's a little more you know in your face, keeps it rolling, but it's a little heavier. Yeah. And so the combination of those two worked out somehow, uh, and uh, it sounded cool. And then he he layered in all kinds of things, but um, it's basically. Uh, Probably the most, I don't know, Americana yeah, track on yeah. the record. That's a good way of describing it, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, um, we're just about finished up here, but a second ago you mentioned uh, your CD release uh, concert that was held back, I think, on May 1st. And uh, yeah. just curious, you know, how did the show go? And, and was this the first time that you played songs from this new album to a live audience? And I guess, most importantly, how were the songs received? Well, it was... It went great. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, audience or uh, venue. We had a full house, and everybody was just very enthusiastic. So it's, uh, uh, I was overwhelmed, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, wow. You know, people came out of the woodwork <laughs> to come to the show, and, and a lot of people I hadn't seen in years, you know, were there and set to support me. And, um, and I think... I think a lot of people um, were maybe surprised at um, the sounds. Um, they liked it. It's different from Terramara. And um, Terramara actually did a, f- a few encores at the end, Got brought the guys back up for that. So, um, But uh, just having the strings there, we kind of featured the strings oh, yeah. throughout yeah. the show. And, um, you know, it was drums, bass, guitar. I had a background singer. Uh, co- try to cover some of the parts on the record, but uh, overall, just just great. I mean, I wish I could duplicate that all over the country. You know? <laughs> I know. I'd love to have you guys. I mean, I I just I look forward to the day when I can play for you you guys down. Uh, Hopefully, down so there, you know, in India, uh, Indianapolis or something. You yeah, know, it'd be great. Um, you know, I, I was all set to come to that show in Minneapolis because I, I remember you posted the date, and then I looked at my calendar and I thought, oh. 
I, I mean, I was I was in South Korea at the time. That's and I, right. And I it, saw the pictures. That's yeah. wonderful, though. What a great trip that was. It was been. a great trip, but um, I thought, oh, I wish this was like a, a week later, or two weeks later, and I could have come. But uh, uh, one of these days, I want to get up there to to see you perform. And well, yeah, this I guess, is why we need to play more around. You know, get out more and yeah. play more. I think it it just uh, got to share the music with a with a, a larger audience. So. Yeah. Do you have any any plans to tour, or do we at least do any more shows uh, in support of this album in your area in Minneapolis? There. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm always I'm playing a lot now uh, solo, um, and a lot of these gigs are are not um, very high profile. But I do I do occasionally um, do the, a full band show, and I'm I'm trying to set something up for this fall to do a big show, and maybe next spring too. But as far as out of town, I'm looking into doing like house concerts. Okay. Where, you know, you kind of just, I don't know if you've heard about yeah. this phenomenon. Yeah. Sure, yeah. You know, that's sort of a good way for a solo artist to get out there and play and have, an, have a, a, a decent audience when they go. Yeah. Um, clubs are kind of hit and miss, you know, if you go to a city and not a lot of people know about you. It's probably better off to go do a, a house concert and, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's a little more intimate, too, and you can meet people and talk and... Yep, sort of chill a little bit. Yep. No doubt. Well, the album is called Ferris Wheels Unbound by Rob Meany, and Rick and I just overwhelmingly, uh, we, we would love to recommend that. Yeah. Everybody get your hands on this. This is a beautiful piece of work here. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and Rob, if you if you want, go ahead and tell us uh, where it can be purchased. Mm-hmm. Well, I am, uh, of course, recommending that uh, people just buy it directly from me. So I always right. I always tell people first if, if you don't mind, uh, just go to robmeany.com right. and either download it uh, or you can get a CD and be happy to send it out to you. Otherwise, uh, it is up on all the digital um, platforms now, so you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Spotify. Um, it'll probably be on the Google and uh, Google Play and uh, what am I forgetting? So many other ones. <laughs> mainly, there's place. so many now. <laughs> <laughs> mainly iTunes, and you know, and you can. Uh, so it's all over the place. Uh, and, and when you're on the site, we recommend uh, the complete recordings. That, that'd be the best way to go because yes, then you'll definitely. get your album and, and then, of course, all three uh, Terramara albums no as doubt. well. Don't stop Yeah, there. thank you for mentioning that. I'm yeah. trying, to, yeah, trying to introduce people to the whole catalog. And, yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah. So definitely. we'll get it all out there for you. Great. Well, Rob, thanks for spending all this time with us and talking about your new album, Ferris Thank Wheels you. Unbound. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, let's not wait another six years to, to <laughs> do this. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I hope it isn't another six years before we talk again. But, yeah, no, I... I really appreciate you guys uh, uh, having me on and, and for doing what you do. You know, it's just very, very helpful to uh, all us artists out here. Yeah, well, we enjoy it. And uh, this is actually... Uh, our 10th anniversary. It is. And, uh, well, congratulations. And, yeah. Uh, we've been doing it for 10 years, and, and we've had over 170-something episodes, and uh, wow. well, hopefully we can keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I hope you do. And, right. uh, and Yeah, thanks for everything you do, guys. I really appreciate it. All right. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks, Rob. We'll see you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Special thanks to Rob Meany for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We'd also like to thank our correspondents, Kim Riley. Brian Pearson, Scott Gross, Loretta Sassaman, Scott Sheriff, and Don Brightup. 
for their continued support and content development for Inside MusicCast. Inside MusicCast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thanks for listening to Inside MusicCast. Cast.